Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our, basically our show we do every single day now it feels like, but uh, our Arsenal Agenda series at 10am joining you Monday to Friday. I hope you're doing good and well. I hope you're enjoying the sunshine. I'm joined by Chris. How are you doing, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, TC. I hope you're doing okay and I hope everyone tuning in this morning is doing all right as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely indeed. Um, we're going to crack on with our first topic, uh, which revolves around Rafinha, uh, because there's been whispers around the potential of Arsenal, you know, putting in a second bid for the player. There's been figures shouted out around the likes of 70-odd million quid, which obviously include bonuses. But is that too much money, Chris? Are we? Is that too much money to throw at a player like Rafinha, a player that plays in a position that we're already very well equipped in with Bakaya Saka? I mean... If he comes in and, and does the business for us, then uh, I don't care how much we pay for him. You know, I think we're speaking at the end of the day about a, a top quality Premier League proven player. I mean, he's not been in the in England too long, has he? Really, when you look at it, but yeah. so far he's done very well. And and a struggling, let's be honest, a struggling lead side. And you just, you know, think of. Yeah, how far he could take his game with with no disrespect to Leeds, but with uh, better players around him, with with uh, better quality players around him. You know, you mentioned obviously we've already got a few players in in wide positions, and obviously most notably Bakayo Saka on the right hand side. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that's my only sort of main concern, really, with Rafinha. It's not so much the price, but how he's going to fit in, where he's going to fit in. Um, obviously, we've become so used to Bukayo Saka playing on the right hand side, cutting in on his left foot. You know, that's usually where he has most success. But then again, I think you know he's more than capable, of, and we have seen glimpses of playing on the left before. Um, and I think that's how we'd work things out. He'd be on the left, and and Rafinha would be on the right if he was to come in. Um, and yeah, I just think with the players that we have here, and the players we're also looking to add. I know we have added already, especially with, with Fabio Vieira. I just think Rafinha could take his game to the next level. Um, but then again, I think he can do that wherever he ends up next. You know, whether that's Arsenal, Chelsea, even Tottenham, maybe. Um, hmm. I think, you know, the, the longer it goes on, the Barcelona's sort of more out of the question with their financial situation. But never say never. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, 70 million euros, it may seem... A lot, I think. What what is that TC for in 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 pounds? Probably is that a sort of fifty-eight million pounds? Fifty-eight, yeah, sixty. So, I mean, it it's not it's not you know in today's market you could say that that's uh, <laughs> cheap, uh, really, couldn't you? And um, you know, it's sort of not you know at the same levels of what we paid Pepe. So, um, you know, it's not as much of a risk and the whole situation with Rafinha and him already being in Premier League and already proving himself, it's much a much lower risk. So um, I'd be happy paying that um, if he was you know, happy to you know, come to Arsenal and if we were comfortable that he was the right person, the right fit and that he was going to deliver at the end of the day. Yeah, look, I think that a player like Rafinha is the profile that Arsenal fans have wanted us to go for. And what I mean by that is that for a long time, we were just, you know, shopping in the European market on the continent, trying to find the cheap deals. And that has ultimately led to, in part, our regression um, down the, the footballing pyramid and outside of Europe. And to get back in to where we want to go and to fight for the places at the top of the Premier League, like the big clubs do, you are going to have to go out and sign, you know, talent from the Premier League. It is just part and parcel of 
of what makes the most successful team successful. You look at Liverpool with Sadio Mane. You look at Manchester City with the amount of Premier League players they they end up buying and, and their success. You know, the, the list Chelsea do it all the time. are looking to try and buy Raheem Sterling, of course, this season, but have gone out and bought plenty of Premier League talent in the past. And Arsenal have avoided it. The only Premier League talent they've brought in are your Cedrics, your David Luizes, your, your Czechs, um, your Danny Welbeck's players that are surplus to requirements that aren't necessarily going to progress you forwards. And now I see some resistance, Chris. I see some resistance. Some fans saying 70 million is too much. You know, I always say that whilst it's not my money and that kind of that go down that kind of route, if, if the player succeeds, we never talk about the money. You know, the same goes for Eddie Nketiah's contract. If Eddie Nketiah starts banging in the goals, we aren't going to be talking about him earning 100 grand a week because we're going to be praising the fact that he's earned that amount of money. So the question, I suppose, falls down to your confidence on whether or not you feel that Rafinha would be a success and would have enough minutes with Saka here to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said a moment ago, and you you sort of hit the nail on the head there, Tom, you know, if he comes in and he he's a success, you know, he delivers, he scores the goals, he provides the assists, you know, he's... He's the the danger man for us, or one of them, you know, going forward and causes the opposition problems and he helps us win games. And at the end of the day, you know, I think we'd be looking back and said, say, saying 70 million euros is, is an absolute bargain. But at, at the end of the day, you, you pay for what you get in the market. And, you know, we know he's a top quality player that from, you know, what I've seen mostly on social media. Arsenal fans are absolutely desperate for us to get this one over the line. Um and yeah, I think, you know, as I say, you know, you look back and I can understand why fans may be hesitant. And I think a lot of that stems from what you were also saying, Tom, you know, going into the European market, splashing big on unknown players, maybe who haven't proven themselves over an extended period of time. Nicola Pepe is a, a great example of that. And ever since that deal has happened, and obviously we've become to see, we've come to see the aftermath of it all, I can understand and I appreciate the concerns that some have, but I think with Rafinha is is a lot different. As I say, he's he's Premier League proven now. He's he's been delivering um, consistently for a side that's been struggling. Um, he's obviously been their main man. Apologies if you can hear the bit hear the bin lorry in the background. I can't hear um, a thing. You're fine. <laughs> um, okay. um, I have a feeling that may change as it sort of comes cl- closer to me. But um, yeah, no, I I just think this one is. Is um it's a much lower risk and mm. you know um we're we're looking to add even more quality to a you know a dangerous front line as it is especially if you add Gabriel Jesus to that you've got Bakayo Saka you've got Odegaard you've got um Smith Rowe oh. you've now got Fabio Silva yeah I, I mean I just think you know if we can add that one more you know attacking threat in in a wide player someone like Rafinha. I just think he can have a field day out there with the quality he's he's surrounded by and, and the style of play that Arsenal offer as well. So um, I, I think, as you rightly right say, TC, I think this could be a situation where when it happens, if it happens, we could look back and say, yeah, the, the price we paid actually was a, a, a good deal at the end of the day. Magamo says 50 million for White is okay, 35 million for Ramsay is okay, but 70 million for Rafinha is too much for this fan base. By the way, I don't think he'll join us when he could easily go to a Champions League team. What I think is the misconception here with this type of comment, you know, is that he's not costing 70 million in relation to White's 50 million because it's euros to pounds. You know, the offer supposedly, uh, if you do believe those kind of sources, is it's a 55 million euro plus 50 million in add-ons. So that's 47 million pounds up front. So if you consider White being 50 million, the upfront fee is less 
than what we paid for white and then you're paying 12.89 million pounds according to google's translation uh of the of the currency in bonuses so he's a 47 million pound player up front with an extra 12 to 13 million pounds on top in in potential bonuses and we don't know the structure of that 47 million pounds either um I mean, clubs invest them across contracts. That's how they look at them anyway. So they would see as that £47 million spread across, what, five years. Uh, it's I, t- I really don't think it's, uh, when we look at the, the £70 million ago, that's way too much. When you break it down to what it would probably be, I wouldn't let that put me off. I really wouldn't let that put me off at all. And as I've said, you know, we need to push and go for these types of players that are going to give you kind of immediate quality now as we push onwards. Yes, we've we've invested in youth. We've gone for players that are going to have potential and are going to improve. But going for players like Jesus, going for players like Alessandro Martinez, and now for a player like Rafinha, where you're seeing these players reaching and going towards their prime years, we absolutely should be doing these types of deals if that's where we want to go. Um, so, yeah, it's an odd one to see um, perhaps some criticisms toward the club um, for these types of deals because I think it would be a very good move for Arsenal to do. Um, let's go into the second topic for today. Now, we've got four spots to fill in the squad. If Arsenal move on the players we're expected to, which are along the lines of Bernd Leno, Pablo Marie, Reese Nelson, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, uh, Austin Trusty will have expected to go on loan as well. Nuno Tavares could go on loan as well. Uh, Alex Runison is another one. Lucas Torreira is another one. Uh, Alexandra Lacazette has obviously already moved on. And it basically gives us to the point where we have 21 squad players if these players aren't going to be part of the the squad plans. Now, those four players seem to be, from what the club is targeting, Gabriel Jesus being one of them, Rafinha being another one, Lissandra Martinez the third, and then maybe a central midfielder, be that Tillemans or someone else, as the fourth. If those four complete the 25-man squad, Chris, what do you make of that as Arsenal's squad building for the 22-23 season? Very positive. Very positive indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, especially you mentioned, well, obviously we've been speaking about Marta, uh, Rafinha, sorry, but obviously if we were able to get Martinez over the line as well, I'd be very happy with that. Um, sort of in demand with Manchester United also showing interest. Very versatile, um, but a, a technically solid, sound player that I think would, would offer us a lot of quality and depth in, into the side. You know, it, it may be one signing, but, you know, he can fill in at three different positions. And I think that will be key going into next season. You know, it's a season where we've obviously got the return of, of, of Europa League, sorry, and you've you've got the um, the introduction of five substitutions as well. So the squad and the, the depth of the squad is going to need to be much, much better than, than last season. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again for as as long as the, the, the situation really hasn't been improved. We, we had a lot of academy lads on the bench last season. And don't get me wrong, I think it's great to see them have their opportunity every now and again. It's good to see them getting recognition for their, their progress. Um, but we're talking about, you know, three, four, even five different academy players making the bench at times. And when we want to compete against the best and we want to progress as a club and, and, and you know, win as many games as possible, have a lot of quality throughout the team, we can't always rely on, on those youngsters because... Yeah. You know, they just aren't ready yet. Um, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, obviously in the cup competitions, maybe in some Europa League games, they can absolutely um, play a part in some way. But um, they can't be making the Premier League bench every week. And that's no disrespect to them. But if, like I say, if we are to compete, if we want to have a strong squad, if we want to have consistency, we need more experience in there. Um, so, 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the four names there. I'd, I'd be very happy with them overall. We, we don't obviously know what's going to happen with the central midfield position just yet. We've obviously brought Fabio Vieira in. We know he's capable of playing in that number eight role. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that, I must be honest, because mm. I think he offers so much more going forward. You know, he's he's much more comfortable in an attacking role, whether that's out on the wing or, or even in yeah. that number 10 position as well. So not entirely sure how I feel about maybe Arsenal opting for him to, to go as a number eight. I, I still think Tielemans is a, is a no-brainer and I think we need to still throw everything out at, at, at him because he's available on the market for a, a reasonable price and he would be more comfortable, I think, in that number eight role. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, TC. But overall, you mentioned those names um, and I, I guess there's always the potential for more to happen depending on outgoings as well. I'd be very pleased for that. I think it, it, it improves the squad from where it was last season. Um, I suppose I still have a little bit of a concern in, in a couple of areas, potentially, obviously, at right back as well. Mm. But um, apart from that, you know, no complaints from me. With our Champions League football, we've still, you know, say there were the names we've ended up with, we've still managed to attract some top, top names that I think will improve us moving forward. And again, it's the right step in, in, in the right direction. Yeah, look, if you'd have said to me, that Arsenal wouldn't have got Champions League football and then the window would consist of six to seven signings, of which some of them are the likes of Gabriel Jesus, Rafinha, this Lissandra Martinez, uh, spending £34 millions on a, you know one of the hottest Portuguese prospects uh, that are out there right now. I would have said you're mad. I was like, no, we're not, no, we didn't get Champions League football. It's, you know, it's going to have a significant impact. So to see Arsenal pushing the way they're pushing, you know, fills me with confidence. And what's you know, what's crazy to me, of course, is that, you know, we re- uh, the lads return to pre-season in three days' time on the 27th and then our first game in pre-season was on July 8th. And the panic that there was just two weeks ago around Arsenal, there were no links. We weren't really doing much. You know, Jesus and Tielemans were the main two. This Fabio Vieira, no one knew a thing about. Rafinha wasn't talked about whatsoever. Lissandra Martinez wasn't a thing either that Arsenal were trying to do. And we all sat here, me, you and Bailey, we sat and we just said, look, we're chill. We're calm. Stop panicking. We don't need to panic right now. You know, we still need to get the business done. You know, the Jesus is not done. Rafinha is very, very far from, from done if it would happen. But the, the fact that Arsenal are clearly doing this business and the Fabio Vieira deal getting done early on as well, that surprised everyone, shows you that just because there isn't talk or chatter or hype around certain players and the information's not being leaked out, doesn't mean nothing's happening. doesn't mean that talks aren't going on. Um, so I think that that has definitely proven that panic that we saw early on in the window very much wrong at this stage. Um, last kind of topic before I take a few questions from the chat box, Chris, is this Harry Winks move um, from Spurs to Everton. Now, the quoted figures are between 15 20 million pounds. Now, th- this is obviously going to spark up conversation around the idea of why can they sell a player for this amount of money? Why can't Arsenal sell players for that kind of money? So I'll put that question to you. Why is it that Everton are willing to pay that amount of money and why are Spurs able to get it? Um, I think a couple of obviously main factors come into this one. He's a central midfielder, um, obviously a versatile midfielder. Frank Lampard, as we know, was a, a midfielder. He'll, he'll like that that style of player. He'll be familiar with him. Um, and uh, I can understand why he's maybe looking to, to bring him in. Um, and he's, I mean, he's English, you know, you've got the, the, you know, the homegrown sort of title that comes with it and the, the, the value that comes with it in today's market, you know, you always pay extra for, a, for an English player. Um, that's just, just the way it works. Um, and I can, under, I can understand why maybe that's 
that's contributed to the the figure. I, I was watching um, it on the the news yesterday, and I saw the the report crop up and uh, Everton's interest. And you know, I, I even sat there and I thought, you know, I, I just I don't know what Harry Winks offers as a, as a player, really. I, you know, okay, some people can say I'm just saying this as an Arsenal fan, but genuinely, I just. I just don't really see what he offers on the pitch. Um, I just don't think he's he's very consistent. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously Frank Lampard's a big fan of his. I think probably because he's been, you know, part of a Tottenham side that has, you know, oh, they haven't won anything, but they, they've had a good season. Um, you know, um, I, I suppose. Um, obviously, he's in England, England international now, so that always, you know, mm. I, I guess stands out when you're looking at a player. And uh, yeah, like I say, uh, Frank Lampard, obviously a former midfielder himself, he'll like him as a player, like his style of play. Um, and yeah, obviously Everton are looking to improve, obviously after a very disappointing campaign for them. But yeah, I, I would imagine, you know, the fact that, you know, he's an England international, he's, he's an English player, that'll contribute to the to the fee. Um, and I'm not sure what is, do you know what his contract situation is at, at Spurs, Tom? Two years left. Two, Two years. Left. So, I mean, you know, this it, obviously I think would be the, the fee would be probably a lot lower than that if it was just the one on there. So that, that mm. helps as well, doesn't it? You know, the contract situation. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, you know, what the final fee is. Um, you know, obviously we know Everton do have money and they'll be looking to splash it, I'm sure, especially if they lose someone like Richarlison, they'll get a decent fee for him. So, yeah, uh, that's, I don't, obviously, Tottenham are in a strong position because, you know, like you say, he's a couple of years left on his contract. Um, at a decent age, England international, homegrown player, you know, they, they're they in a decent position, aren't they, to get a decent fee for him at the end of the day. So I, I would imagine that's sort of the main reason why, you know, Tottenham are looking to get around 15, 20, 25 million. Um, Peter Arnold puts out also Everton just do terrible business remember Iwobi uh, of course yeah if you can get 35 to 40 million pounds for Iwobi yeah maybe they're underpaying for Winks at this stage based on their own uh, history of this as well Um, we're going to go through some quick fire questions from the chat in the last couple of minutes of the show so we'll try and get some quick answers for these Sharif says morning Tom and Chris do you think there will be a possibility we won't sign any central midfielder quickly Chris do you think there's any chance we won't sign a midfielder? Uh, probably no one after I'd say there is. You know, after Elneny's extended, Lukonga sets to st- you know looks set to stay. We've brought in Fabio Vieira on top of you know already having Party and and Xhaka. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, but I-, I hope we do. I really do, especially with Tiedemann's on the market. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Peter says uh, if we sign Gabriel Jesus, Rafinha, Martinez, and Tiedemann's, then no one has the right to complain about the winner of the club. Would have shown intent. Vinny says, uh, "Should we be? Should we not be expecting loan fees for players like Tavares on top of wages? Players reduce in value and they lose a year off of their contract." And the answer is simple, Vinny. And the answer is yes. You know, Arsenal will be looking to get a loan fee for Nuno Tavares. You know, they, he's a player that they value probably around the twenty million pound figure at this stage. Um, after a year in the Premier League, they invested around eight to ten million pounds on him. You would have thought his value would have around doubled since that point. Now. Um, so Marseille to get a year off his contract you'd be looking to get a few million quid of a loan fee uh, plus obviously the wages being covered as well for the player so I'm expecting Arsenal to have done something like that with that deal uh, Johan says I think the Joao Felix has been transferred to by Atletico do you think Chris we should keep an eye on that one yeah absolutely um, a player I like um, obviously versatile in that sort of central forward role I think he can play out wide 
Um, I was impressed with him when I saw sort of glimpses of his, his displays in the Champions League last season. Um, obviously, I think it will mainly depend on, on what other business we do, you know, going forward, whether we get Gabriel Jesus over the line, Rafinha or another wide player. But certainly a player to keep an eye on. It's a decent opportunity in the market. Absolutely. Um, let's move forward to Sotonio says, uh, how about Balogun? Is he coming back from loan? Haven't heard much of the news about him. He is coming back from loan, but there isn't a decision yet made on what will happen with him this season. He'll obviously return for preseason in a couple of days' time. Uh, and I look forward to seeing what kind of happens with him because I think he does need a loan. I don't think that he would get enough game time as Arsenal's third-choice striker this summer. Uh, so I think a loan probably makes sense. Uh, Nicholas says, what are your thoughts, Chris, on the reported prices for Lissandro? You know, Ajax are asking for upwards of 50 million euros now at this stage, it seems. The Butcher of Amsterdam. Uh, I think he makes a ton of depth and will push the likes of Gabriel Tini and Partey in all of their positions to be their best. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, the 50 million euro price tag there that's reportedly been set by Ajax. I don't think that's that's too bad, to be fair. You know, he's a young player, still got a lot of potential, very versatile, technically very sound. Um, I like his aggressive, strong style of play. You, you think it's fit right in, into the Premier League. And like I say, it'd be helping us out in, you know, three different areas of the, of the team, really. So mm. I, I think it's a no-brainer. I can see why the club are targeting him. And I'd be very pleased if we can get it over the line. Absolutely. And last one from Olu says, Chelsea seems to be included as top three with City and Liverpool. However, their defence and midfield needs attention. In reality, they are closer to the chasing pack. Can we catch them? Yes, I actually tipped Chelsea to finish outside the top four this season. Um, I think they're going to have a trickier campaign. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what business they end up doing this summer, but they, they've lost some really key figures. You know, uh, you, you think uh, Rudiger obviously has moved on to Real Madrid. Uh, they're probably going to lose Romelu Lukaku at this stage, although you would say, is that much of a loss considering what he brought to the team? But still, that was 100 million quid's worth of investment to then lose on loan for a summer. Uh, Raheem Sterling looks like a player that they're really interested in. Rafinha has obviously been linked with them as well. Marcus Alonso says as Liquetta, their futures seem uncertain at this stage as well. So I think they're going to lose some big figures in that team. How that impacts them next season, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I think they're vulnerable. Would you? Do you think Chelsea are there to be got at next year? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, um, obviously for the reasons you just said. I think they've lost Christensen as well, haven't they? At the back, mm. he's gone. So yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, a lot of uncertainty at Chelsea at the moment. Um, a lot of changes. Sometimes that can disrupt things. You know, it looks as if it's sort of slowing down things. For, for them on the transfer front and you just don't know what the players are thinking about it all as well um, and uh, depending on, on on how smoothly this summer goes for them uh, with all those changes happening and how quickly they can get things resolved you know it, it may affect uh, how the squad looks next season so um, I, I still think they'll they'll look to get some, some business done absolutely and um, you know they've got the money now as well um, and uh, you know I think they'll they'll target some some decent players um, and yeah, I, I, I can still be, see them being a big threat. Absolutely. I don't think we can underestimate them. But you think if there's maybe an opportunity to, to have a go at them, um, then uh, it could be this upcoming season. Absolutely. Lovely stuff. Let's round things off there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Quick one from Gold Now. He says, when does the black kit come out next month? Uh, so you'll be able to get the new away kit. Because I, I know that because I am obsessed with it at this stage. It is a 
Very, very nice kit indeed. Thank you so much for tuning in. There's been over 400 of you watching concurrently, which is amazing. Thank you so much for the continued support on the channel. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the Arsenal way if you haven't done so already. We will see you next week for the next episode of the Arsenal Agenda Show, as usual, Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. But there will be content for you coming out over the weekend as well. Thank you, Chris. Always appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you, TC. Thank you, of course, to everyone tuning in as well and uh, enjoy the weekend. Fingers crossed we we obviously hear some more positive transfer updates as well. And um, yeah, well, I look forward to, to catching you all again next week. Absolutely. Have a fantastic day, people. We'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Glory, 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 glory.